All right, guys, a big episode of the Northeast Podcast. We talk NFL playoffs. We make our predictions moving forward. We talk Vikings, front office, and coaching options. Wild Premier League, everything. Here we go, Northeast Podcast. Here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? I'm doing very well. I'm doing great, man. How are you, I'm Eric? At, I'm doing great because we had a great podcast earlier this week, our screencast. We talked all about the big HBO shows, which there are countless of. We ripped on Netflix a little bit, and we started our Star Trek rewatch, Live Long and Rewatch. Chris Pine, still Chris a star. Pine. I think Chris Pine should be the new uh tom cruise he's not even the best chris he's not but he's probably like three other better chrises i'm putting him at i'm putting him at number three okay i'm putting him at over three. evans no over the one everyone hates now and like can't get a movie oh yeah 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 what's his yeah, name yeah. chris the guy from guardians pratt chris yeah, pratt yeah pratt, yeah, pratt did himself in he's done pratt like, no dropped one. his own stock <laughs> also, right, guys. I think I think Chris Pine is slightly ahead of Chris Evans, just a little bit. I kind of I agree too. Chris Evans Hems- is pretty boring. Hemsworth, Pine, Evans, Pratt, Lindall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, here we go. We're going to dive into our sports cast, but before we do that, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. and Get the Northeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. You're welcome. Yeah, we appreciate it. Guys, what are you drinking tonight? I, myself, am drinking Fallen Knife's Ghost Step. The coffee sout. Jim, I know you liked this one a lot. Love it. So, excited to have Love it. it. Is that a new brewery? Yeah, Fall, Fallen Knife? Yep. Nordy Winter. Falling, Falling Knife. That one. You know. Dude, I'm just drinking uh, Surly Furious. I got a 12-pack of it. It's fine. You know what it is. You do. You Brian, do what you got? I'm drinking something new, and it's a brewery that is from the years bygone of mm. our early days. This is Liftbridge Juice Z. That's correct. Juice-Z Northeast yep. IPA. That's supposed to be a hazy IPA. And I think what they meant by hazy was um, leave the sediment in the can. <laughs> oh, no. Um, no is it just got the floaties it's got floaties and it's the tagline is brewed by man then unleashed on the world wow they really did they unleash it on your ass dude that's too bad it's kind of brutal but i haven't had anything from liftbridge in a while it's fine it's drinkable it's not great here's the best part about it six pack of cans is 9.99 uh, I'd gladly pay four more dollars for not floaties, but that's cool. You do you. Sure. All right, guys. Well, one thing that I would want to pay for is a good cause. And uh, um, you're going to have that opportunity this year because it is our Nordies Podcast second annual charity Royal Rumble. So if you like professional wrestling or you like charity or you like the Nordies Podcast, who knows? Maybe you're in all three of those Venn diagrams. Uh, wow. You know, you're in the middle of all of that. If you are, or you like even one of those, join us in this year's Charity Royal Rumble. We didn't know that there's also a Women's Royal Rumble, so we're going to try to fill two different rumbles this year. The 30-man one and the 30-woman one. And uh, the winners of each will get $100. We're going to donate $400 to good causes in our area. If you have some great causes in the Twin Cities that you're passionate about, let us know. 
we will consider those um, for the charity. We'd love to hear from you guys on that. And uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. It's going to be $10 per, per person to enter. We're going to make a video uh, of all of the spots. You could get Johnny Knoxville, John Cena, The Undertaker. I don't know. Someone cool is going to be likes Roman Reigns, right? Is he the new biggest star, Roman Reigns? Roman, Roman Reigns. You could get could Roman Reigns. You could get any of these people. It's going to be a lot of fun. Who knows? You could be like me last year and get some just slapdick guy who gets thrown over the top right away. It's still fun. All your money is going to go to a good cause, or I guess some of it's going to go to the winner. Um, but it's a little gambling charity event that we did last year, and it was quite successful. So join us this year. We'll put more information out this week on the second annual Charity Royal Rumble and uh, help us make it a really uh, fun time for those of you guys who participate or are just paying attention to the whole thing. Yeah, it was a lot of yeah. fun until like my number came up and like Bob Costas, you know, like came out of the <laughs> tunnel. You're like, oh, okay, well, he's not winning. That's the worst that's thing great. is when when you get someone that you can just tell is not good. It's like an old timey guy or a guy who's obviously part of a tag team, and you're like, well, that guy's in there just to like eat up space and get thrown off. Mm-hmm. So that's not fun. But you never know. That's the beauty of it. And it'll you know, be fun. So yeah, we'll post more on the like the Instagram. That's how we're going to run this thing. So look there for posts. And then eventually we'll give you a Venmo that you can uh, hit hit up. And then, yeah, if you win, um, you'll have a choice between a few charities and you'll get a hundred bucks just to your own name. So it should be great. All right, guys. So we're going to go to the NFL playoffs here. And uh, I would say that this First weekend of the playoffs could best be described with uh, blowouts, poor quarterback play, bad coaching, bad officiating, and bad fan behavior. And we don't need a seventh Fair. wild card team. I yeah, think, I think would be a great way to too many teams Funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, teams are getting blown out, and they're, it's not that fun to watch. And here we are. We're recording during another blowout. So this weekend, um, you had... A couple of games that were competitive, I guess the 49ers and the Cowboys most notably, came down to kind of a clowny and clownish ending. Um, weird refereeing, weird play calling, bad quarterback play, late turnovers. The whole thing. Mike, was- Mike McCarthy was involved, shockingly. And so was our potential guy, Kellen, whatever, who made Kellen shitty Mark. decisions and looked like hapless. I, I don't he's know. Out. Now he's I think out. he's, he's, yeah, he's I hope he doesn't running. get a chance now. I don't think he's in the running for anybody after that. Um, okay. The Bengals got their first playoff win in like maybe my lifetime. Um, this was like 30 plus years in the making. Uh, Joe Burrow has kind of arrived as the next big guy along with maybe Josh Allen, um, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Her- Justin Herbert. He's probably kind of the, the newest guy to get added to that list, which is exciting. <clears throat> they beat a uh, Raiders team that fired their front office and their coach. It looks like will happen as well. Um, you had the Tampa Bay Bucks destroyed the Eagles. Turns out being which, a good which, real quick, real yeah. quick with the Raiders, it's kind of insane that they fired, uh, you know, John Gruden or let him go or whatever the terminology is. Um, got better with a coach that was like just thrown into the mix, and then they're going to fire him. That just seems preposterous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it really does. It's pretty crazy. Um, they, the Bucks whooped the Eagles. Turns out that just being a good fancy football quarterback is not exactly the recipe to being a playoff winning quarterback. Uh, the Bills just destroyed the Patriots, which was probably the most enjoyable of the blowouts as Josh Allen played a near perfect game and the Patriots got absolutely dismantled. Um, loved that. Loved that. I think he was what, like 300 plus yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Like what a day. 
what a day oh, for, for him and for Bills fans. And, you know, I support that team, especially against the Patriots. They are my, uh, you know, they're the sister team to the Vikings as far as I'm concerned because they've been to four Super Bowls, lost them all, just like the Queens. So I always support them. Um, yeah, so a lot of people feeling that way with the Bills. Uh, and we have our matchups now for next weekend. This is a round that should be a little bit better. Um, people like this one more. Uh, your Saturday early game is the Bengals at the Titans. Oh, the Titans are the one seed because they beat both the Bills and the Chiefs this year. Derrick Henry is back. Um, I don't know. This is probably the least intriguing game. It's the reason that it was put on the early game on Saturday. Really? I mean, but who's going to win? The one seed or the red hot since I think it's still an interesting matchup. Like, I don't know. The matchup is fine, but here's where the money's at. It kind of feels like neither of those teams can win the Super Bowl out of the eight. Okay, teams so that's left. why, yeah. Just we don't necessarily who knows who yeah. to win, but does it really matter? Like if, if I had the if the well if the NFL was super concerned with the Titans Bengals matchup, they wouldn't be playing the first game on Saturday. Mm. Like if I had a gun to my head and I had to give you the team who is the eighth most likely to win the Super Bowl, I'd probably say it's the Bengals. And if I had to give you a team that's the seventh most likely to win the Super Bowl, even though they have home field. I would say it's the Titans. They seem like mm. the two non-contender teams in the final eight to me. So okay, that's the least uh, exciting game. Your Saturday night game is the 49ers at the Packers. That is just like a classic football matchup. Oh, I'm so excited. I um, would almost guarantee. I would almost guarantee Tyler of Winterfell would have much rather seen Dak Prescott and the Mike McCarthy coached Cowboys than... You couldn't get that matchup. It was going to be either... Oh, that's right, because they were the other seed. You're right, you're right. It was going to be the 49ers or the Rams was going to be your match. And so, I don't know. I mean, the Rams taking care of business tonight. Like, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, A lot of history between um, LaFleur and Shanahan. They coached on the same staff in Washington. It's crazy to think about this, guys. McVay, Shanahan, and LaFleur, three of the best coaches in the league, were all assistants to Mike Shanahan on the Washington Redskins. Crazy. At the same time. Um, Was that the Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Yeah. Redskins? Wow. Yeah. So we got got the worst out of the four. And all three of them are in the final four of the – of the NFC playoffs is crazy. Um, so that's your Saturday night game. Sunday early game is the Rams at the Bucks, uh, which should be an awesome matchup. Assuming and, they beat the the Cardinals here, was yeah. probably going to happen. Like it's a done deal. And then the marquee matchup of the weekend, even though there's some real good matchups, is the Bills at the. Ch- that feels like a game that should have been the AFC Championship game. It stinks that it's not. Um, but that's a fantastic matchup. Winner of that has to be favored to go to the. So is the is it? You guys have said this before. Is it the semi weekend you love, or the Ch- NFC AFC Championship weekend that you guys love the most? I think that most one people now. would say it's the conference championship weekend is their favorite weekend of the playoffs. But one bad game can kind of mess that weekend up. So I kind of think this might be my favorite weekend of the playoffs. Four you should games. get a chance at four good games. You should have a couple. These are good teams now. A few that are really good out of that is what you're hoping for. There's a lot of good teams. I mean, like I said, the Bengals and the Titans are the game that I'm the least excited about, and that has Henry returning for the one-seed Titan, who probably mm-hmm. have the coach of the year, and they're playing against Joe Burrow, like the most exciting young quarterback, and his absolutely on-fire offense. I mean, it should be a fun game, even that one. So, I don't know. I, I think that this weekend's awesome. I realize that they're completely different sports and there's multiple games, but it's sort of like the Elite Eight for the NBA postseason where you know you're going to get 
some really good matchups, some four fives. You're going to get, I mean, you're going to get some teams that are more evenly matched. Yeah. And I think that's what we're heading into for, you know, the NFL, because obviously the conference championships are going to be fantastic, ideally, right? I mean, that's, right. that's obviously yeah, what you, you have, want. You're supposed to have very good teams by then. Um, but like huge, usually huge wild gap card. In, in, you know, performance this weekend. I mean, we saw that like total scrub teams that didn't belong, teams that are legit good. And this weekend, we're going to have two teams that just blew out some other team facing up. I mean, they all pretty much did. So for sure. Should be cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a couple teams who really didn't belong. The Steelers, Eagles, um, you know, especially those two. Right now we're watching this game and there's an absolutely horrifying. <laughs> I was going to say, does Arizona actually belong? I don't know. Buda Baker, star player, one of the star players for, for, uh, the Cardinals badly injured on the field right now. Yeah. It's like really disturbing to watch is the worst part about football. So. Hopefully he's okay, and hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we get some good news. But it looks like some kind of head or neck injury, and that's the, the worst part about football. Um, well, I, so. I take back what I said. I thought you were going to say, we're watching this game right now, <laughs> and maybe there's another team that doesn't belong, and I jumped the gun. I didn't realize yeah. there was a morose, like potentially life-altering injury on the field. So yeah. I, uh, it's, I it's a really, really, really bad collision between Cam Akers and Buda Baker, and Buda Baker is like in... It looks like a neck thing to me, which is kind of scary. I'm going to guess it's a horrible concussion, just based on what his arms did, but it's yeah. it's one of those gross ones where, yeah. So Like, we'll the, San Di- like the San Diego DB... Yeah, the, it's like it's the arms up. went up. Yeah, so let's go through these games quickly. We'll make our picks. Um, Bengals at Titans on Saturday. Who you guys have? I get the Bengals, baby. Hot, red hot. I mean, it's kind of hard to pick against the Bengals at this point between you know the Joe Burrow Jamar Chase connection. It's just like um, Derrick Henry being out for the last however many eight weeks doesn't really scare me if I'm the Bengals defense. I don't know. I, I Maybe it's the sexy pick. Maybe it's the one that's like the most glaring because uh, the, the Titans do have good receivers, um, but kind of like the Bengals. I'm going with the Titans. I think Derrick Henry will be back. He's going to make a big difference. He is the one thing that kind of the straw that serves the drink and makes Tennessee actually a good team. Because that passing attack works a lot better when you have to keep guys in the box to try to tackle Derrick Henry. For sure. Um, but do you trust Ryan Tannehill over Joe Burrow? Pro- probably, but but pretty similar. I mean, Tannehill's a very experienced quarterback. He's won playoff games for – I think it's a good yeah. matchup. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think I like the home experience Titans who've been there a little more, but the Bengals are kind of like the next-gen team right now, which is kind of fun. Yeah, and the more we talk about it, the more that everything that – I don't know, you and, and the rest of us just described, makes me think that this matchup might actually be like more intriguing, even though they got put to the Saturday time slot, early Saturday time slot. I don't think these teams can win this, but I do think that this is going to be a fun matchup, and I think it's going to be a good game. To All right, the Saturday night game, 49ers at the Packers. Who you guys have? I think it's the Packers. Yeah. I, I, would love to, I would love to pick the 49ers and think that like Jimmy Garoppolo has a chance, but... He got lucky in that Mike McCarthy is an absolute mastermind at ruining playoff games for his teams <laughs> in terms of play calling. Um, Jimmy G even gave the Cowboys, like he's the one that like threw them back into the game with that that pick with whatever it was, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, I just don't know how much they're going to be able to accomplish. I don't know between Bosa and the other uh, defensive guy that got hurt. Are they going to be back? 
like two captains on their, on their defense. Um, you know, I would love again for, you know, Debo Samuel and, and Ayuk to, and George Kittle to absolutely torch the Packers defense. I just don't see it. I heard that the temp is going to be a high of of 23, a low of two. uh, Packers by 15. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Packers. Um, although I hate when the people give forecasts that's more than like a day and a half out. It's so pointless, <laughs> but it's going to be cold. I assume, you know, it's, it's home field advantage. They're the fucking Packers. They're, they're having an amazing year. Rogers is going to get what four touchdown passes minimum. Um, At least. Yeah. I think that they win by, yeah, 15 is fine. 12 is fine. 10 is fine. They're going to win. If sports gambling was, was allowed in Minnesota, I think I would go and put in a hundred dollars for the Packers to Super Bowl. Not necessarily because I think the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. But because winning a few hundred dollars would feel really good as a consolation if the pack the Super Bowl. So Yeah, but you'd be very conflicted because you'd start to cheer for them. No, no, I'd bit. have to pay a hundred dollars for them to get knocked out at this point. Okay. At this All point, right, I'm well, for no upsets. Honestly, no upsets. I don't want a single upset because I don't want any weak teams in the playoffs when I'm cheering for anyone but the Packers. So yeah. I don't want the underdogs. I kind of was cheering for the Cowboys, not because I like the Cowboys, but because I just wanted the better team. I wanted the road to the Super Bowl to be hard for Green Bay, which yeah. every Packers fan <laughs> listening to this right now is smiling ear to ear that a Vikings fan feels so bad and threatened, but I am threatened and triggered. Yeah, and no, that's fine. All right, we all have the pack, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, moving to Sunday, Rams at Bucks is a barn burner. This is a Oof. big time game. I'm going to go first this time. I think the Bucks are super beat up. I know they're the home team. I think the Rams are the better team, and I'm going to go with the Rams here. I think this is another good game. Um, Brady, I, I I spent so much of my life doubting Tom Brady, and he's burned me more times than any other athlete. So I never want to bet against Tom, really. Um, but I think I'm going to go with the Rams here. I think the Rams are a, a serious contender to win. The only reason, the only reason yeah. I'll go against what you're saying is that you're saying I'm trusting Matt Stafford over Tom Brady on the road. And I don't buy that. I think maybe the Bucks will get knocked out in the conference championship, but I don't think that he will lose at home to Matt Stafford in a playoff game. It doesn't seem Dude, like this a is a, Tom this Brady is a new Stafford. This is like a charged up excited. I mean, look how he's, he's throwing it all over the field right now. Um, uh, he's also been very piss poor recently yeah. besides this game. He, he throws some picks. Um, no, I mean, I, every time I've ever tried to pick against Tom Brady, whether it was, it is so nice, by the way, to see the Patriots go down hard like that. That was wonderful to see and to say, but that makes me lean even more into the fact that it was more Tom Brady than it was the Patriots and I should not pick against him and he will find a way. So yeah, I, I have to go Tom Brady. I think it's gonna be pretty close. I, I think it, it, you know, it might be like a, like a 27, 24 type of situation. I'm going to go uh, the Bucks. Okay, guys. And then finally, what most people will say is the marquee matchup weekend. The Bills at the Chiefs. Mm. Probably the Chiefs, yeah, I mean, right? It, it doesn't matter who's saying it. It is the marquee matchup of the week. This is the one that – this is the first game that I don't I don't know what I'm going to say for my pick <laughs> mm. right now. I'm still trying to decide. I can see either team winning this game. Um, sometimes it's hard when I'm trying to make picks, not – be emotional with it or pick what I want to happen. I want the Bills to win. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, mm-hmm. Chiefs have been like, people have been like, what's wrong with the Chiefs all year long? But they literally won, they've won like 10 of their last 11 games, something crazy like that. Like they have been fantastic since like September. And they have been 
arguably the best team in the league for the past 12 weeks. Just well, the, they're the they're the new New England Patriots mm-hmm. in in terms of um, like sports reporting where you know the Chiefs go two and two or two and three, and the same with like Brady and Belichick. They go two and two. They lose at Kansas City. They get blown out, and it's like, is this the end of the era? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Right, and then like all those articles get written and they get you know spit out all over the place. Uh, turns out Travis Kelsey is still a really good tight end. Patrick Mahomes still a really good QB. Uh, they found a diamond in the rough with Jarek McKinnon uh, running the ball, which is insane. Love to see um, it. Love to see it. No hate there. They've got Pringle. They've got Tyreek Hill. And all of a sudden, this Chiefs offense is hitting on all cylinders. And people still want to say, like, oh, it's just not It's not the same team that won the Super Bowl, you know, three seasons ago. I just don't necessarily think so. However, that being said, I think Eric is right. And then I think a lot of people want the Bills to win. But I still think the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. Yeah. I agree. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, it should be fun. I think it's been maybe a high-scoring game. Uh, you know, you'd imagine, right? They both slang it. I want the Bills to win badly. I'm a, you know, I, I don't like Kansas City at this point. Um, Mahomes is fine, but yeah, I think it's probably going to be like, uh, you know, like 35-30 or something like that, like way up there. I, I heard a great take today from Bill Simmons, and I hate to credit Bill too much because there's a lot of stupid takes too, and a lot of Boston, huge douche, a lot of yeah. Boston takes. But I do like his show, and I listen to him every week. And his take I thought was really good today. He said, "I'm not saying that Josh Allen is the best quarterback in football, but I think Josh Allen's best game is better than anyone else's best game, including Mahomes." And I was kind of mm. like, "Damn, I like that take." Like he, when he is running and throwing the ball and not turning it over and making big chunk plays and keeping plays alive and running for 80 yards a game, it's, he's very hard to stop. He's yeah. kind of invincible when he does that. Like what he did to the Patriots the other night, I just don't know if you can play really any better than he did. Um, it's one of the. It's uh, statistically supposed to be one of the great offensive playoff performances, not by a player but by an entire offense in the history of the NFL. What they did. I mean, he was just insane. So I, I do think this matchup could go either way. Um, I think the Chiefs at home, as small favorites, are are got to be the. So I you mean, whatever the whatever, whatever the whatever the spread is, if it's like three and a half or four, like those numbers are scary, right? That's that's kind of a stay away from me, just just based on how close I think it could be. All right, so you guys both have the same four. You guys think it will be Bengals yep. at. Chiefs and Bucks at Packers two years in a row Bucks Packers I think it's going to be Chiefs at Titans and Rams at Packers so yeah see what happens can't wait should be a fun week now let's talk a little Minnesota Vikings they've had some drama this week as Mike Zimmer uh who many people will remember fondly I believe as a coach uh has had kind of a heel turn this week. he's mm, turned into a bit yeah. of a villain the stories coming out are not very good the players, like we spoke about last week, are not sounding that fond of their time, at least recently, with, with Zimmer. And uh, it turns out, like, when Spielman found out he was losing his job, he went and met with the team and thanked them and talked about his 16 years with the Vikings. And when Zimmer was invited, he, like, just left without saying anything. Mm-hmm. Um, before the last game of the year, Zimmer gave a presentation to the players talking about all the bad things that happened to the team while he was there and how unfair it was to him. What a loser attitude that is. <laughs> it said, the, what I read was that the players were dumbfounded. Like, what the yeah. fuck is this? Great writing. I did see that, yeah. Like, um, what does this have to do with us? What the fuck? 
it's just bizarre. Uh, I know Zimmer is like well, like like you said, specifically calling out that Teddy Bridgewater blew out his knee. Yeah, but it's like, dude, that shit happens all the time to like marquee players, and Teddy wasn't one of them. So yeah, exactly. And Teddy was like, yeah, he was going to be your starter, but you weren't thrilled with it. You weren't like, yeah, we're going to win a Super Bowl if Teddy stays healthy. And wasn't that the season that they ended up going thirteen and three? No, that was the year that they traded for Sam Bradford. Oh, that's right. They were okay. pretty good. They whooped the Saints in the first game, but then um, they were pretty good. I think they missed the playoffs. And then the next year, Bradford was going to be the starter. He got hurt, and then Keenum. That's what. And that was a hell of a year. So the Vikings, though, um, you know, moving on from both of those guys, Ryan did a little deep diving uh, on Vikings draft stuff. What's going on with that, Ryan? So the only reason I I was curious was because I was wondering how many players of the Zimmer, Zimmer era were left on the Vikings roster um you know you think about like trying to build a super bowl team and generally you have like first round picks who have like a four-year contract with a fifth year team option is that right eric yeah first round pick generally so so what i was trying to go for was like the last five years going back to 2016 and the players that we've drafted under spielman and zimmer and their ability to not only um, identify talent, but like more specifically, I was trying to figure out like, were they able to identify offensive talent and specifically offensive line talent? Because that was, that was one of the big questions going into the last like two seasons. It's like, how are they going to address the offensive line? This thing's a mess. They've got to do something. And generally you would think like the teams that are the most successful in these areas would have draft picks that stuck around, around the four to five year mark. Right. Right. That makes sense. So since 2016, from 2016 to 2000, well, 2016, 17 and 18, the Vikings drafted 27 players. Do you know how many are still on the Vikings roster today? Four. That is correct. Oh, um, I just one of them. Oh, definitely a guess, but an, an educated guess. Wow. I, have, I would have had no idea. Go ahead. One of them is Tyler Conklin. One of them is Brian O'Neill. One of them is Pat Elfline, and one of them is Mackenzie Alexander. So we had 27 Pat picks. Pat Elfline's not on the team. Huh? Pat Elfline's not on the team. Is it? Sorry. Brad, is it, it is Bradbury? Conklin, o- Conklin, O'Neal, Dalvin Cook, and Mackenzie Alexander. Okay, okay. So, sorry. I, I said Pat Elfline. I apologize. I was looking at the wrong column. Um, so, again, four out of 27 picks are still on the Vikings roster. So they're not doing a good job of identifying talent and – we always gave Spielman a pass. Like, think about this. We always gave Spielman a pass of like, oh, he traded back. He traded back and we mm. got a lot more draft assets. We got more picks. You know, in 2017, we had, you know, 10 picks and one of them was Dalvin Cook. The rest of them are not on the team and most of them are not even in the league anymore. That season is an absolute albatross because pat alfine went from and this is an indictment on the coaching pat alfine went from eric i remember there were articles of like how he could potentially win the mvp of the league as a rookie center because he was doing so well according to pro football focus to uh he's the worst center in the nfc to we're moving into left guard to we've cut him and it went really quickly I mean, just to name a few guys, Ben Gideon, Danny Isadora, Rodney Adams, Bucky Hodges, Jack Toko, Elijah Lee, like nobody we've ever heard of. Yeah. 
Like none of these guys, and these were all these like draft assets. Now they got a little bit better in 2019, but that's also, it's also a little bit relative because it was, you know, Garrett Bradbury. Is he good? Probably not. Irv Smith. We'd love to think he's going to be good, but we haven't seen anything. And then Alex, Alex Madison, he's a backup, like not that great. Um, Oli Udo was in that draft class. Armand Watts, who, uh, BC Johnson, great sixth receiver on a team with a knee injury and then Chris Boyd. So like all of these. So at least they got some draft picks in that draft. Like that was the first year that at least got some, some guys who are depth guys. Yes. Yes. It started to get better. Um, And then eventually in 2020, like things got a little bit better, but again, we have a lot of guys on the roster that are never going to play. And, um, but either way. So like my whole thing was like, in terms of, thinking about the Vikings roster in terms of developing talent and Mike Zimmer, like thinking about the future and them being able to identify like offensive linemen essentially in their first, let's see, uh, from 2016 to the 2019 draft, they were able to identify uh, two relatively qualified offensive linemen. And that's it. Brutal. So I guess, yeah, this idea, it's almost like a, a myth you know, based on more talking heads than any kind of data or facts that Rick Spielman killed it. He was a strategery master, you know, with these, oh, trade back. You want more people. Well, more people that are never going to have an impact on your team, it seems like. I mean, his, you know, the, our fourth round pick in 2016 was Willie Beavers, the big tackle from Western Michigan. Never saw him play. Kentrell Brothers, David Morgan, Moritz Bowringer. Oh, Jaron Moritz. Curtis, we made a big deal about Moritz. Yeah. Yeah. Wind so Moritz. like the, the whole thing was, it, I don't know. It just, when I look at the 2017 draft and there were 10 picks and the only player still left on the team is Dalvin Cook is just pretty disconcerting in terms of their ability to, ability to evaluate talent, develop it, keep it, and have it be impactful for the Minnesota Vikings. Interesting, right, dude. So uh, let's move on to some Vikings front office stuff. Uh, and coaching stuff, we need to find a new GM and a new coach. We have requested interviews with a bunch of uh, candidates, starting with the GM stuff, um, which is probably the more pressing of the issues. Uh, the first one, the interview started, I believe, uh, over the weekend. So on Saturday, um, or on Sunday, they did Monty Osenfort from the Titans. Uh, there's eight candidates overall. Uh, today they did um, Catherine, Catherine Raich from the Eagles. She'd be the first female GM since 1983, which would be pretty cool. She's the highest um, ranking uh, woman in all of NFL front offices. Uh, another one today a lot of people like is Kwesi Adolfo Mensa from the Browns, um, who is a really big name. Uh, we have Brandon Brown from the Eagles, Glenn Cook from the Browns. So a lot of Eagles and Browns ones here. Ryan Poles, the player personnel guy from the Chiefs. John Spitek, who they had in on Monday from the Buccaneers, a player personnel guy, and Elliot Wolf from the Patriots. So should be one of those eight um, people that they have interviews with will be the next GM of the team. And I'm going to guess they're going to have their pick of the litter. Um, as it sounds like one of the four GM jobs, the Vikings is easily the one people want the most. Really patient, good owners who will give you time, um, money, resources, great facilities, good history, good fans. I think people really want that job. And it sounds like the coaching job, um, is kind of the same thing, um, that these are two really attractive positions that a lot of people want. So I don't really have a name that I really want because I don't go around following 
player personnel people and assistant GMs and things like that and presidents of operation for all Dude, of these. Dude, come on. Don't you take this pod seriously? <laughs> but I would say that the one that the that the people that I trust um, like the most is the guy they interviewed on Monday, Questy Adolfo Mensa from the Brown, as someone that people really, really, really like. The only question I have for him would be, how do you feel about Baker Mayfield? You'd say Baker if he's like, was bad. If he's like, I love Baker Mayfield, I drafted him, I'd be like, well, uh, thank you. This discussion is over. I think that he would say, um, is he being interviewed by a Cleveland newspaper? He'd be like, we have total faith in Baker Mayfield. If he was off the record, I think he'd be like, Baker sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> no, but my question, my question was more specific than that. Did you want to draft him? And did you evaluate him at the level that you did? And I think that would speak volumes. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know when he got to the Browns because they've had a lot of changes in their front office over the last few years, but he's a name that people are really excited about. Um, and then with coaches, it's a little blur- more blurry. They've uh, put out things for a lot of different coaches. It seems like they want to go young is the one thing I would say, which I like. We've had an older coach, an old school coach. They're trying to change culture. Uh, I don't think it necessarily needs to be an offense or a defensive guy. I think fans have had a lot of defensive coaches, um, you know, most notably with Leslie Frazier and Mike Zimmer in recent years. I mean, I guess Mike Tice was technically a special teams and tight end guy, and Brad Childress was an offensive guy. Um, but a lot of defensive coaches in Minnesota, he's had eight years of Mike Zimmer and his defense. So I think that the fans kind of want like a young, exciting offensive coach. And I would say um, the two big names that they have interviews with already are Nathaniel Hackett from the Packers and Kevin O'Connell from um, – the Rams are kind of the two big, the offensive coordinator for the Packers and the offensive coordinator for the Rams are probably the two names that are jumping off the page the most, I think, for people. Um, they'll interview Kellen Moore from the Cowboys, but that ship might have sailed already. Um, they have an interview in for the Eagles defensive coordinator, I know. Um, I don't know. Exactly. Leftwich? Is there any Leftwich interviews? I don't know if they have Leftwich. I haven't seen the full schedule of who they have for interviews, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, that the young looks like the way that they want to go. And I think that's the right move. I'm hoping O'Connell is the guy. He's my pick. He's the next big young guy. He's 36 years old. Um, he came from the same tree and the coaching tree is a big thing. Um, everyone wants their LaFleur. Everyone wants their McVay. Everyone wants their Shanahan. Well, they all were on the same coaching staff. Everyone wants their Zach Taylor. Everyone wants their Brandon Staley. Everyone wants their... Um, gosh, who's the other, you know, like all these guys, they're all in the McVay staff then, you know, it's like, they're all kind of coming from the same coaching tree. And so I think Hackett and O'Connell both would fit that same tree. I think that's what would excite me. I would try to go get one of those coaches who's kind of got that experience in some of these big franchises or big offenses or under coaches who developed great head coaches behind them. So then what, what would you say, and this is not an indictment on you because I know anything that you'd be against, but from a diversity hiring standpoint, is there another candidate you feel that could we could we could fill both voids? I don't know of from those groups of coaches necessarily. I pr- would probably prefer um, Leftwich over Bienemy just because he's like Bienemy hasn't been picked by so many of these teams. But then again, everybody wants Kellen Moore as their guy, or what? You know, he was the flavor of the week for the last two mm-hmm. weeks, and for sure, he's never won a, a game in the playoffs because he's an offensive coordinator. And uh, Bienemy's won six, and he won a Super Bowl. So is that fair? It's probably not fair. If Bienemy was white, would he probably be a head coach already? Probably. So I would hope he gets an interview with the team. Um, I'm going to assume he'll get an interview with the team as, like, odds makers had him as the favorite for the job. He did used to coach for the Vikings. I think he was a running backs coach for the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken. 
in the past. So he's a guy I would hope that they get in here as well. And, you know, I, I would just prefer, I would rather swing and miss at a guy who's 36 years old than swing and miss at a guy who's 58 years at this point. And mm-hmm. I think like, if you're going to get one of these coaches that sets you up for a long time, you're going to get your Mike Tomlin, you're going to get your LaFleur, you're going to get your McVay, you're going to get your Shanahan, you're going to get a guy who could be in that position for 15 years if all things go well, 20 years if all things go well, even 10 years if things go decent. And so I kind of would rather we went for the younger guy. Okay. Good analysis. I'm excited. When do you think we'll find out? On the GM. I'm going to have a GM by the end of the week and a coach by or like a from now early. Really? Next. So like, do you, you think we have we weeks. have a coach before this? Not we have what? a coach before the Super. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that like a lot of the coaching stuff and GM stuff will move when the Vikings move too. I'm not saying that it's the first. So we're going to be we're going to be setting the market essentially is like what kind of what you're saying. I think that if someone thinks they're an option for the Vikings, they might wait. You're going to hold out. And maybe someone could be wooed by the Broncos or maybe Miami or, you know, I'm sure that there is a coach who will get hired earlier, but I don't think the Vikings are in too much of a hurry because I think they know that they're a good nation and that people around the league know that. And so I, I have, I have faith. I, well, that's why nobody, nobody's hired a coach for the Dolphins or the Bears or, you know, any of the other vacancies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think it's going to be the Vikings are going to be one of the teams that everyone's kind of waiting on. And I think especially with GM. I think it's like the Raiders, the Bears, the Vikings, and one other team are all looking for maybe the Giants, the Giants. And out of those, I mean, two of those, three of those jobs are not very attractive. One's very attractive. I think every GM candidate will wait for the Vikings first before they consider those. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I do like the diversity in the hiring process. Um, men of color, women, old, young, all different options when it comes to our front office staff. The Vikings have been awesome at putting people in the front office who are good. You can say what we want about Spielman, but the guy was there for 16 years and did a, a pretty good job of making us a competitive for that period of time. So I don't know. Can't wait. Should be coming in the next couple of days after they get through these interviews. Um, I would expect maybe by the end of the week we have a new GM. Be excited. Can't wait. That for sure. Yep. All right. 100%. So uh, the Wild have been a little lackluster, mostly because of injuries and COVID um, and cancellations of games. They have gone from the by far first place team to the by far second place team. They're still one of the top teams. They played a tough game against the number one team, the Avalanche. They lost in a shootout today. Um, but Kaprizov is an all-star this year. He's having a monster season after a slow start. He signed a big contract. We were like, were we duped? And now it's like, is it a bargain? That's kind of what it's like mm-hmm. at this point. Nice. Put in two, two more goals today. He is truly the most exciting player in Wild history. And uh, I have an awesome stat for you guys because the Wild fell behind on a controversial goal with three and a half minutes. They instantly pulled their goalie and seconds later, Kaprizov tied up the game for the second time. This was the 15th time that we pulled our goalie this year and the 11th time that we've scored with the goalie pulled. That is an insane stat. That's advanced statistics right there. That's like like the football equivalent of like always going for it on fourth down or going for the two-point conversion. Maybe you're onto something. I think that that is an incredible stat and the fact that they believe and have proven that they can get back into games so regularly late in games is amazing. And hopefully that's something that, that carries over into the rest of the season, into the playoffs and the meaningful games. God, I would love to be on the side of we'll always be able to get back into games late if we pull our goalie, Ville. Like, I think that would be fantastic. I'd said it before. I'm going to say it again. I feel like that metric is unsustainable. 
until they prove me wrong. I don't think there's anything in the history of the league that says playing without a goalie is advantageous. <laughs> I, I would, I would, I mean, I would love to believe that it's true because I want the wild to seed. I just don't think that, yes, they've scored quite a bit, but eventually one team is going to figure out how to do it. And then that film is going to get out to the rest of the league. And then that dream is over. So I would I would love for it to be true, I but think I don't they, think it's sustainable. Coming up to playing the wild, I think they every team at practice probably shoots like full court shots into an empty net for ten minutes. Like, <laughs> God, okay, just a fun. quick drill, How just because we're playing the wild be? soon. Like, let's just go ahead. The wild are still in the thick of things, even though they haven't been winning a lot of games in the last month. Not really due to the fact that they've been so terrible, but because they've fallen back to the middle. They've had tons of guys out. And so many of the games have been canceled now. Um, need to stay away from the leading the league halfway through team that falls apart and barely makes the playoffs. We can't go back into that that we've done many times. I don't think so. Um, there's still moves to be made. Uh, and this team I, I still believe in. Um, but they, they've lost a little of their luster here down the stretch. All right, so guys, finally, we're going to talk a little Premier League. We didn't talk Premier League the last few weeks. And uh, it is definitely tightening up a little bit. In the middle of the pack, a big win from the Manchester City citizens over the Chelsea, what is Chelsea called? The Blues? Blues? Yeah, Blue Lions, Blues, Pensioners. So pensioners. The Pensioners? Mm-hmm. That's a thing? Okay. That was their like original name. And That's there's a really famous, bad. there's a famous pup. Well, but it was like back in like the 1910s. Like um, a bunch of fucking bankers or what? There's a famous pub that's called the Pensioner that a lot of people go to right before matches. So. All right, it's that's fair. Y'all can and, and, hey, if it's based off. in like drinking at a pub, I'm into it. It's good. So at this point, it looks to be a one horse race. Man City has an 11 point lead over everybody else. <clears throat> that's losing four games for them. Level lead. They have an they above even lose any games. So I just don't. It's just over. Sucks. They're projected to win the league by 10 points by 538. Um, they have an above 99% chance to qualify for the Champions League, which means finishing in the top four. And they currently on 538, which I'm not saying is the word of God by any means. They have them as an 87% chance to win the title. So it feels yeah. like the title race. I would say that's I would say that's low. I think that's um, actually low. It might be low. It's like 95 <laughs> to me. Um, Liverpool in a distant second on the projection here. They're projected, they're only two points ahead of third place Chelsea, but they're projected to finish seven points clear of them. They have a 12% chance to win the league. Every other team has a below 1% chance, according to 538. So they think there's a Hail Mary's chance at Liverpool getting back in this thing. No one else is close. It's It looks to be City alone on an island, Liverpool to be alone on a separate smaller island, and then maybe Chelsea alone on a separate third island even. Um, before the madness really started, uh, I think I think I think Liverpool and Chelsea are probably on the same island. Like we're pretty well. Eric said we're matched. on a different island. Eric said we're on a different island, and so I think that we're on different islands. And your island is a little farther away and not as nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we our island has the Champions League trophy, so yeah, ours it's, our, it's well, you, nice. ours does does a little more rusty than yours, but yeah. Anyways, so the Eric. Yeah, what tro- what trophies are on Arsenal Island? The most FA Cup ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're building right. a raft over them now. Come on, why, why are we ripping on Arsenal who has tons of? I don't know. He did that. It might not be the big one, but they have more they have more titles than Chelsea. 
They just the, the team we rip on for trophies, Tottenham, who has zero. That's um, beautiful. But but the next island is the exciting part of okay. Whether you're a, a neutral fan or a fan of one of these teams or just getting into the sport, the teams that are going to be really fun the rest of the year are Arsenal, Tottenham, West Ham, Man United. And I feel like Wolves and Leicester are like off the coast of the island, like trying to doggy paddle their way there. Not yeah. sure if they'll make it or they'll drown. Um, but that little crew is the most fun part of the league. They're all fighting for top four. There's probably just one spot unless one of the top teams completely crumbles. And they're going to play a bunch of competitive games against each other. Right now they have Arsenal with a 41% chance to get fourth. Uh, Tottenham with a 34% chance. West Ham 11. Man United 10. Wolves 3. Leicester 4. Brighton 3. So a lot of teams fighting for that spot. All within striking distance and points. Um, the final projections have Arsenal at 65. Spurs at 64. West Ham 59. United 58. Wolves, Leicester, and Brighton all at 50. So will, Ar- will Arsenal even be able to field a team for the rest of the season? Well, we'll see. They're, <laughs> they're, they're a little banged up right now. Or are you just going to get exceptions for the remainder of the season? I, I just like, oh, you're just acting like no games have been canceled. They've canceled 20 games in the league this year. Arsenal, <laughs> it's, just so, it's just so easy to get you going. They've been part of one. Ryan's so, bitter because they played a game like hella shorthanded before it was a norm to cancel shit. We've we've had we've had zero games postponed because of COVID injuries. You ain't playing the game and right the now. African Cup of Nations. Yeah, and continue to play through it. Um, so that's where like the league is going to be really fun. The other big thing is Newcastle has the by far richest owner in the world. It's probably like a country or like something like that, and some Middle Eastern. It's like Saudi Arabia pretty much like owns Newcastle at this point. And they're desperately trying not to get sent down. They're buying opposing players just to fuck with opposing teams. They're completely chaotic, and I hope they go down. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to get nuts here and the, the the back half of the season. And also, Ryan, you can say what you want, but you liked how upset Spurs were with the cancellation of the game. Spurs loved it. Went on after <laughs> it was a it was a double. It was the it was the perfect double troll, right? Spurs that way I can... social media was up in arms, including the official Spurs account. They were so mad, and it's just great. So the league is completely out of whack. They have no idea what to do. It's the only game in the world currently that has other team other tournaments going on that take the players in the middle of the year which is fucking ridiculous yeah and it's insane even the nhl was like no we're not going to the olympics dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> but premier league's like and africa and nations yeah go go yeah the nhl is run by gary bettman and they were like no we're gonna make the smart decision here yeah and imagine premier, that yeah so um, Arsenal's uh, former star striker, who is still currently on their team, but they're desperately trying to get rid of him, uh, had an even worse time going to African Cup of Nations. He went there, supposedly tried to sneak women into rooms with him and guys on the team. They all got COVID, and then he has had serious heart, heart complications as being sent home from the tournament with like heart problems now. <laughs> oh, no. That happened. That did. That so, sucks. That sounds like James Harden in the NBA bubble. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so yeah. it's been a mess. Everyone should be paying attention to the league. The Premier League is fun. I know a lot of people get upset that the league could be done and dusted this early. We have to remember that there's a bunch of other trophies. Chelsea is currently in the final for the Carabao Cup, and they are going to play against the winner of Liverpool and Arsenal, who play this week. That's exciting. Our three teams? Well, allegedly. We don't know if they're going to play this week. They're the final three teams in this competition, which is fun. You got to love that. League. The Europa League are still going. 
Your guys' teams are alive in the Champions League. There's all kinds of stuff. Soccer's a blast. If you're not watching it, you should join. The FA Cup's still going. Yeah, for sure. The FA Cup, everything. It's just a blast. It's a really fun. I know there's lots of stuff. There's international. There's club teams. There's all this different stuff. Just pick some a team, follow them, get behind them, and it will all start to make sense. Or if you're a video game what's person, the, you uh, what's the uh, it's not the Super Cup? What's the in season? Oh, Super Cup one only lived three days. It couldn't be a Super. Cup. No, what's the what's the in season like one game against the German team or the Italian team, Eric? Well, it's the Champions League versus the Europa League champion. No, we we, we won that. But then there's another one. I sw- uh, club World Cup or the Club Club World Cup. Yeah, that's like the the winners of Europe, the winners of Asia, the winners of South America, North America. Yeah, we're still we're still we're still alive in that one too. So we could we could bring home like four pieces of hardware. This can season. you name another team in that competition? I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most worthless tournament. It's like the champions Genoa, from- Genoa, Italy. No, they can't be in it because they're in the Europa League. That's the Europa. Yeah. Damn it. There's only one team from Europe in the whole thing. And then the next is and like... they better win every fucking year. They do. They just destroy everybody every year. Yeah. So it's like Bayern Munich versus Hiawara Tokyo or something. And then they... <laughs> well, no. When I, saw the, when I saw the draw, like Chelsea doesn't play until the final. Like we, it's just, it's just a whole bunch of other teams playing and then they're going to duke it out to play Chelsea, the Champions League. It'll be like Boca Juniors or Flamingo versus Chelsea. And it'll be like a bunch of like Brazilian teenagers and Chelsea (laughs) will bring like their B team and just like fucking murder them. Like it's the stupidest (laughs) tournament in all of soccer. I don't know if a European team has ever not won it, but they love to get, FIFA loves to get their, their money. Um, I would bet uh, Tottenham have not won. Tottenham haven't won anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Well, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> the one thing we can all be united on. All right, guys. So that is all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. Go check out our first episode. There's all kinds of shows, uh, mostly on HBO that you should be watching. We start a Star Trek rewatch, which has us feeling pretty excited. So go check that out. Lots of news and things that you need to be paying attention to in the world of the screen. So until next week, thanks for hanging out with your friends here at the Nordies Podcast.